0: I just want to talk about that today, table grace. What, is, what, what does that mean? And, uh, because I, I'm convinced as we come and you look at these elements today, which is unleavened bread and juice, which represents the, the blood of Christ, the body of Christ, it's a table we've been, been invited to. And something about a table is where you sit down and you have fellowship and you talk with one another. You exchange who you are with each other. And so, uh, we want to talk about table grace today. As we focus on this, this is how we just do our our Lord's Supper here. It becomes the central focus of everything we do from start to finish. And so, we want you to know as you prepare your hearts for it, you'll enjoy it to the fullest. That's important. Uh, The thing about the Lord's Table is is, it's something that says, basically, don't forget to remember. Now... You ever had people say, now you need to remember this. You go, okay. And then you forget. Bob been there, done that. Charlotte will say, now you remember this. And I'll go, okay, I got it. And then I forget. And she goes, what, what, what happened? I forgot. We need, <laughs> don't forget to remember. That's what this is about. That's what Jesus ta- challenges us to. Uh, I, there's a, Karen Bola from John Hopkins Research uh, did a study on, on basically things people most often forget. The, first of all, uh, 83% of us forget names. I know that person. I know that face, but I can't think of their name. I don't remember their name. 60% can't remember where something is. You ever had something that was really important and you wanted to put it in a safe place where you wouldn't lose it? and you couldn't remember the place? You ever done that? Raise your hand. I don't know where I put it. We have a Shawnee, we have a certificate to go to some real nice place and stay for free overnight and we can't find it cuz I put it where we would not lose it. <laughs> can't find it. Don't have a clue where it is, okay? Uh uh telephone numbers, 57% of us forget telephone numbers, pretty easy. Uh 53% forget words, okay, and uh, like I can't think of that word, what's that word, and then this is kind of, for me, a little discouraging, 49% will forget what was said, meaning half of you aren't going to remember what I said when y'all go home for lunch, (laughs) well, And then we forget faces, 42% forget faces, and then 38% forget what you just did. Isn't it amazing? We are prone to forget, and that's why Jesus gave this amazing symbol, illustration, and picture of what we should always remember, because we are prone to forget. And as much as we love Jesus, as much as we follow the teachings of Scripture, sometimes we forget what really, really matters. And so I want to call our attention to that today. You know, we're we so prone to forget we have uh, iPads and iPhones and time systems all to help us remember. I got my iPad; it's got a calendar on it. I got my iPhone, it's got a calendar on it. It has an alarm system I can put in dates and it, and it, and it makes a noise and says you got to remember an appointment or something you need to do because life is filled with forgetfulness. So again, we're called to remember. Matthew 26, chapter 26, verse 29. I I want to read this together with you as we look at this amazing scripture. Now, they're they're going, uh, this is the the Lord's Supper, the Last Supper. And here's what he has to say. As they were eating, this is the Passover meal, but he takes it and makes it. He puts a twist on it. He's going to tell them something new. Something they've never heard at a Passover meal. and these were all Jewish men, and they had been raised on the Passover. They understood the Passover meal, the significance of it. But now he's going to take something and say, I know what you've always known, but let me tell you about something you're going to need to remember. It's new. As they were eating, Jesus took some bread and blessed it. Then he broke it in pieces and gave it to the disciples, saying, Take this and eat it, for this is my body. And he took the cup of wine and gave thanks to God for it. He gave it to them and said, each of you drink from it, for this is my blood, which confirms the covenant between God and his people. New Living Translation. It is poured out as a sacrifice. Watch this. Love this. It is poured out as a sacrifice to forgive the sins of many. Mark my words. That means pay attention. Write it down. Remember it. Mark my words. Because this is real important. And this almost we never talk about. I will not drink wine again until the day I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. What a promise. What a prophetic word. He says these guys in the upper room, here's what we're going to do. Here's what this means. Here's what I want you to remember. And I want you to know there's going to come a time we're going to do it together again. This will be the last time we do this, guys. Here. But there's going to be another time we'll do it together. But until we do it together anew in my Father's kingdom, you keep doing this to remember what really matters. Here's what I want you to get just two things. This supper is about the passion. And price of Jesus that gives eternal life. That's what we remember. This these elements, this unleavened bread, symbolic of the sinless body of Christ. This blood symbolic of the price. And so we look at this amazing passion and price that gives us eternal life, spiritual life, a new beginning. We become a new creation, as Paul would say. This is a part of what this reminds us of. We are able to know Christ and his forgiveness and his grace and his love because of this sacrifice on the cross. We're able to have a relationship with God forever and have a hope of heaven because of what he did on the cross. Because of amazing passion, the price it was paid. The disciples didn't quite understand what he was talking about at that moment. But they would in a matter of hours. Because he would leave, they would sing a hymn, they would go out, he would go to the garden, and then he would go to the cross after a mock trial. And here's here's what we see. This supper is about his passion and his price. The passion of unconditional love is the first thing we see. Amazing passion that illustrated and demonstrated the unconditional love of God for you and for me. Unconditional means he doesn't set the boundaries of his love. He doesn't set the limitations of his love. He doesn't leave anyone out of his love. He doesn't hold his love back from anyone. He makes it available to be experienced and enjoyed because that's who God is. And because he's God, he does that. Matter of fact, John would say God is love. That's part of his nature, his personality, his very existence, his attributes. He's love. And in that process, it's unconditional. Romans 5, 8 puts it this way, and I love this. But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. While we weren't thinking about God, while we didn't care about God, while we didn't even desire God, Christ died on the cross to say, I love you. I love you doesn't matter how bad we've been, where we've come from, what we've done. I love you. And I want to change your life. I want to give you a new beginning. I want to give you a different ending to your life. Because I love you. I don't want to leave you where you are. I don't want to leave you in condemnation or judgment. I don't want to leave you separated from me. I want you to know me. So I'm showing how much I love you with the greatest picture of love the world has ever known. The unconditional love of the sacrifice of a son. While we were not lovely, he loved us. It was love for us that held him on the cross, not the nails. Oh, The nails held the body, but the the very purpose, the very passion of Christ was he loved us. He would tell his disciples, greater love has no man than this. He would lay down his life for his friends. You're my friends. I'm going to die for you because I love you, because I want to have a relationship with you. I want us to know one another, and I want us to spend forever together. That's the passion of Christ. We see it on the cross. What great demonstration of unconditional love beyond measure, beyond description. This horrific torture on the cross set the value for our relationship with God. God simply loved us first, and that's what really matters. Because he loved us, we now want to love him. We realize how much he loves us. And that torturous death on the cross where he gave his body to be bruised, beaten, and virtually mutilated by what he went through was because he loved us. And he wanted to make sure everyone knew how much they were loved and how much he desired to have a relationship with them. What an incredible message we have to share to the world God loved us first without reservation, without limitation. Now, loving us as much as he does, we are not saved by God's love. God's love provides us a way to be saved in the person of Christ and trusting him. That's our decision. He's made the first move. He now invites us to respond to him, to receive him, to, to, do, to receive all he's done for us. And so we see that it not only is uh, this, this, this amazing, unconditional love that he loves us, but the second thing is the price of scandalous grace. I love this. The price of scandalous grace. It was scandalous. You said that's kind of an odd term in connection with Christ. It was scandalous to those who were offended by it. Remember Paul said it's, it's a it's an offense to the jews it's a stumbling block and it's an offense to uh, to the gentiles it, it's a problem because grace gets in the way of religion we are a religious people meaning we try to figure out how to earn god's favor work our way to heaven and and god says you ain't got to do that that doesn't work i've provided all you need to go to heaven in the person of christ his blood was sufficient my love is sufficient I just need you to receive it, to let him become a part of your life. And in doing so, you've you've done all you need. You begin to grow in grace and knowledge. Your life begins to take on new direction and new understanding. And you become a follower of Christ. You become a part of his kingdom. Not because you worked for it, but because you received it. That's the incredible truth we get to tell people. It's not about keeping all the rules that men make up. Oh, Lord deliver us from that. It's not about the legalism. It's not about being religious. I will remind you it was religious people that put him on the cross. The Pharisees. Not about religion. It's about relationship. And it was scandalous to them that he would teach this thing called grace. And talk about that. Whosoever will may come. And if you're weary from your burdens, Come. And if you're thirsty, come. And if you're hungry, come. Just as you are. What an incredible truth. That we don't have to stay the same. We don't have to be where we are. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 says it this way. Apostle Paul looks at it. God saved you by his grace when you believed. That's our part. We believe. We receive, we, we, we put our hope around the truth of what God did on the, on, on the cross in the person of Christ. You can't take credit for this, it's a gift from God. We will not go to heaven because we've been good Baptists, or Methodists, or Presbyterian, or Catholic, or Episcopalian, or whatever, Church of God. We will go to heaven because we trusted in what Christ did on the cross. I'm so thankful his love is not bound by denomination. I am. I'm grateful that it goes beyond denomination and some of the stuff. And even our traditions, it goes to the very heart of people. It says, I want to have a relationship with you. I want to give you something you don't get to take credit for. So when you come here today, it's not that you get to say, I earned the right to sit at the table. You did not. But if you believed in Christ, you have been given a seat at the table. It's God's gift to you. Today when you come and, 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 you'll, and you'll look at this and, and you'll go with this, you're going to go, wow, I don't deserve this, but I'm glad I get to do this. That's the beauty of the table. That's what it means. That's why it works. That's why it's so incredible. Every drop of blood declares that Jesus did all that is required to make us right with God. He did it all. He took care of it all. He covered everything I've ever done wrong. Everything you've ever done wrong. It's the power of the blood. That's what we sang about all morning. Sermon and music. that talks about what this really means. I get to eat at the table. Because of what Jesus did. And he said, whosoever wants to come. Wow. So incredible. I love the words of this psalm. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I would not trust the sweetest frame, but only lean on Jesus' name. Again, I confess, was it for crimes that I had done? He groaned upon the tree. Amazing pity, grace unknown, and love beyond degree. At the cross, at the cross, where I first saw light, The burdens of my heart rolled away. It was there by faith I received my sight. Now I'm happy all the day. Grace. Wow. Do you know that there are 586 shades of white? You won't remember that from now. Half you're gonna forget that. But here's the thing. And you don't believe it, go to Home Depot and look at the white section of the paint. Or Lowe's and Ace, and you're gonna find out there's all kind of Here's the thing about humanity. <laughs> we spend a lifetime trying to get just the right shade of white for our life. This table reminds us we don't have to do that because Jesus promised in Isaiah 1:18, though your sins be like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. God has the right shade of white. He simply applies it to our life. And too many people are trying to work that shade out on their own. And you never get there. The second thing I want you to know, the supper is about the promise of Jesus that keeps hope alive. This is what very few people talk about when we come to the table. We talk about his blood and sacrifice, his love his grace, because that is this table. But he said something real important to those men that night. He said, guys, we're going to do this, and I won't get to do this again with you. But I want you to know, I'm not going to do it here. But I'm waiting one day we're all together again, and we'll do it in my Father's kingdom. It is the promise that gives us hope in the midst of a world that seems to have gone crazy. We don't know what tomorrow holds with the uncertainty of futures all around us, but we know one thing. As we have a place at the table, not just here, but in the Father's kingdom. And one day, we're going to sit around that table, and the Lord is going to see us face to face. Say, guys, let's let's do this together. The body of Christ, from every nation and every tongue, from every part of the world, let's do this together. We're just passing through this world on, on the way home. We're just strangers. It's a nice place to visit. I enjoy visiting here, have a lot of fun, have a lot of friends and family and brothers and sisters in Christ. I enjoy a lot of things, but the bottom line is I'm just passing through. I'm on my way home, and one day I'll sit at the Lord's table in his kingdom where faith becomes sight. Nothing's left unknown. We have a reservation at the Lord's table in his kingdom. John 14, 1 through 6 says this. I just want to read this to you. Jesus is trying to prepare his disciples for what's going to happen. He's going to leave, but not only is he going to leave, they're also going to die. And there's a lot of things going to happen. And he says, verse one, don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There's more than enough room in my father's home, or some would say there in my father's house are many mansions. Okay? If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going to prepare a place for you. And when everything is ready. That's important. When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that you will always be with me where I am and you know the way to where I'm going. No, we don't know, Lord Thomas said. you got to love Thomas. He kind of speaks for all of us, does he? I don't know what you're talking about. This is I can't get this. We have no idea where you're going, so how can we know the way? And Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one can come to the Father except through me. But I've provided a way that we can spend forever together. And I'm coming to get you. We talked about it last week, okay, what that means. You can get that on the, online. But I want you to understand, this table is a table of promise. And He's coming again to get us, to bring us all together. Unlike anything we can imagine. Truly, truly, truly. Missionary sent back this story from Kajav Medical Center staff in Kenya. And this is the story he relates. Eight year old Monica. Broke her leg and fell into a pit. An older woman named Mama Najiri saw what happened, began to respond as only she could with great compassion and urgency. And she, she uh, climbed into the pit trying to get Monica out of uh, that broken leg. In the process, a black mamba bit Mama Najiri and Monica. You know about the black mamba? That's bad news. Poison's deadly. Monica was taken to Gajaba Medical Center, admitted. Mama Najiri went home never to wake from her sleep. Next day, one of our missionaries, very perceptive, a uh, missionary nurse, explained what happened when Mama Najiri's dying. To Monica. Monica, What happened to her? What happened to her? And here's how she explained it. The snake had bitten both of you, the missionary said. Mama Najiri was bitten first and she took the poison. The snake bit you. But Mama Nigeria had taken the poison. And she died so you could live. Then the missionary made the application. This is what Jesus did. He came and died on a cross to take the poison of sin that I could live, that you could live. And Monica gave her heart to Jesus that day, gave her life to Christ, understood what it meant and what the cross was all about. Don't forget to remember what the cross is all about. Don't forget to remember. It's about the one who took the poison, the sting of death, saved us. That's what we celebrate today.